0: Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Build a wall. We're going to create a border. We're going to let people in, but they're going to come in legally. I don't think Ted Cruz has a great chance, to be honest with you. He's a nasty guy. Nobody likes him. I really do. I would like Ted Cruz a lot. Do you like green eggs and ham? I do not like them, Sam. I am. I do not like green eggs and ham. Listen, we should enforce the law. How do we enforce the law? Yes, we should deport them. We should build a wall. We should triple the border patrol. And federal law requires that anyone here illegally that's apprehended should be deported. But I've spent my life fighting for children, families, and our country. And I'm not stopping now. Well, actually, I have been very consistent over the course of my entire life. I have always fought for the same values and principles. I take a backseat to no one. You know, I get accused of being kind of moderate and center. I plead guilty. Just for the record, are you a progressive or are you a moderate? I'm a progressive. Working class kids, low-income kids, should not have to work in factories or on the farms. The world has changed. This is 2016. In a rapidly changing world, we should have free tuition at public colleges and universities. Welcome to Believer's Church. There's all kind of emotions that were evoked, depending on who was, who was talking up there. Uh, I want to welcome you to What Would Jesus Say to the Next President of the United States of America. And We're going to have a blast today. Now, like Jesus and like Paul... The greatest apostle in the new testament and like peter another great apostle um i don't become political at all uh, as a pastor so from this platform i never mention politics i don't let you know who i'm going to vote for i don't tell you who you should vote for and i really believe jesus set that standard and i believe paul and peter set that standard and for me as a pastor in a a, in a community uh, my goal is to connect people with god and if i become political I'm going to push all kind of people away. Now, I do think there are some ministers that have a national call to talk about politics, and, and I think that's great, especially in a free nation like ours. I think some of you may be called to be involved in politics, and some of you uh, might be called to be politicians. Uh, and that's great because we're the salt of the earth, and it's good for Christians to be involved in every single area. But today we're going to just answer this incredible question. Uh, what would Jesus say to the next president? and this has been the funnest presidential election cycle in my lifetime. With Bernie on the left and Donald on the right, it's been so entertaining. And as Joe the pastor, Pastor Joe, I, you know, I don't say anything up here, but as Citizen Joe, Joe the citizen of the United States of America, at home and with my close friends and family, I'm very verbal about politics. And I'll be watching the debates or I'll be watching the news talk about the presidential election and I literally talk back at the TV and I get into it. Like I'm saying, you're wrong. I can't believe you said that. You're crazy. That's not true. You're spinning. You're lying. And I'm like getting into it. And Gina's really into this presidential cycle too. But she'll look at me and say, honey, honey, this atmosphere is so negative. My stomach's in knots and... You know, Gina teaches our boundaries class here at Believers, and she's really good at drawing boundaries. So she'll draw a boundary, and she'll say, now, honey, either you can go in the other room and watch, or I can leave, which, whichever you prefer, but I can't take this atmosphere. So I always say, all right, honey, I'll, I'll see you later. And uh, <laughs> I never say that, and you know it, right? <laughs> she's right here. I've I got to be careful. But I'm really into this political cycle and I think we should as Americans. People gave their lives so we can live in this incredible nation. This is the greatest nation that's ever existed in history. And you and I have the right to vote. And I think we should, we should be excited about that opportunity. And so I got to thinking, what would Jesus say to the next president? And, you know, there's obvious things, right? Like, um, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You need to believe in me. That's, I'm not going to touch obvious things like that. Um, you know, I believe Jesus would talk to them about purity and, you know, be, be a model of purity for the nation, talk to Hollywood behind closed doors and encourage them to be more pure in what they do. I believe Jesus would say some things like that. Uh, I believe Jesus would say to politicians, uh, be truthful. And then he'd say, ah, now, you're, you're not going to be, and just, uh, he'd go on, you know. But uh, I do think there's one thing he would say, and I think this thing brings me comfort, it would bring all of us comfort to understand it. And uh, that's what I believe he would say if he could just say one thing. And, and it goes like this, heaven reigns, no matter who's holding the reins, And I really think if our next president could understand that, it would be really incredible if they could understand it. So we're gonna have a blast today. I do wanna say to you, this is gonna be my greatest message <laughs> I've ever preached. This message is going to make believers great again, and we are going to build a gym in our back property, and guess who's going to pay for it? Not Mexico. North Mar Church is going to pay for it, right? <laughs> I have to text Pastor Meyer and let him know, listen, listen to my first five minutes, Meyer. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Um, <clears throat> it's been a great presidential cycle. And when I, you won't know who I, whom I'm, I'm for as we go on, and, uh, and I, I don't think that's necessary. I I'd encourage you to be involved, though, and to vote and do all those things. Um, listen to Psalm 135, 6. The Lord does whatever pleases him throughout all heaven and earth and on the seas and in the depths. God reigns. God's in control. And I'm dealing today politically, when it comes to politics... Um, you and I need to pray because we can impact. Can we impact our nation by prayer, guys? Sure, we can. First Timothy chapter two says, "Pray for kings and pre, or, or, or presidents and all that are in authority, so we might live a godly and peaceful life. So our prayers do matter. But then there's also a bigger, bigger, bigger picture where God is in control, and we want to see that today too. And all of us hold some reins, don't we? All of us control circumstances and things. And for all of you parents, your kids are still in the house and they're under your authority. It's important for you to understand, even though you hold the reins and you need to, heaven reigns. And it's good for you and I to submit to heaven, to submit to God, no matter who we're overseeing. Uh, For those of you that manage people, those of you that own businesses, people like myself that oversee people, it's important for me to realize heaven reigns no matter who's holding the reins. And that's an important lesson for all of us. But here's what this understanding does for me more than anything else. It brings peace in a crazy world. Can we we agree we live in a crazy world? There's some crazy leaders out there. There's some really, really uh, dangerous situations and circumstances in the world that we live in. And it comforts me to know that my prayers work and for me to know that God's in control. God has a plan, and we'll see that today. So here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the fact that God reigns when it comes to nations and empires. He absolutely reigns. He's in control. And here's an incredible scripture, Acts chapter 17, verses 24 and 26, and it reads like this. He made the world and everything in it and since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And whenever you see me do dot, 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 here's what I'm doing. Verse 25 was a great verse, but it's, it has nothing to do with the context. It was just adding things. So rather than to take time and explain it, I'll do dot, dot, dot. But I encourage you to go home or take your phone out, follow me, make sure I'm not twisting the truth, make sure I'm telling you the truth. Here's verse 26. He created all the people of the world from one man, Adam, And scattered the nations across the face of the earth. He decided beforehand which should rise and fall and when. He determined their boundaries. This is talking about our God that we just worshiped. And we had a beautiful worship set. And and we worshiped the God who, man, this is letting us know heaven reigns, God's in control. And that's important. But yet, God said, Hey, you can pray and you can release me to do things. And, I'll, and God will do things within His plan, as far as it can go within His plan. And I think this phrase is so important. He decided beforehand. I'll say this sometimes in my altar calls, like at Christmas time or Easter. This is a big deal. Time never existed until God created it. God created time when He made the universe. Universe is like a big time piece. you know, planets, circles, uh, stars and so on and so forth. And, and God created time. It did not exist. Because He created it, He stands outside of time. I like to say He's above time. So that's why the Bible says God knows the beginning, all the way to the end. There are some of you in here you're 10 times, 100 times smarter than I am, but no matter how smart you are, that's impossible to figure out with our human minds. But God can see the beginning, all the way to the end I believe that by faith because the Bible says it and it says here God decides beforehand he decides beforehand what nation should rise up what should fall how long he determines the very boundaries of every nation so I got to thinking about this you know God could have picked our neighbor to the south Mexico to be the greatest world power in history or he could have he could have picked our neighbor to the north Canada and if he picked Canada, we all would be saying A. Everyone in the world would be saying A, A, A. And, uh, but, but he picked America. And I think of the, the creation of this nation. When you read history and you think about the great men that were all born at the same time that wrote our Constitution, it's amazing what God did in creating America. He determined for this nation to come into existence. And I think of the missionaries we sent forth. And I think of all the things that we've done as a nation, I think of the freedom that you and I, can you, can you imagine we're, we're having service right now and it's legal. Isn't that incredible? We have a right to meet in this incredible nation. We have the right to put this on TV in this incredible nation. It's, a, it's, it, it's not without fault, but we live in an incredible nation and the church has incredible freedom. But at the same time, God has this huge plan, and he's setting things up now for future events. And, and you and I will never know exactly what God's going to do. I, I'd like to say that I do. I think we're in the last days, but I'm not 100% sure when, when everything will wind up. And You know, in World War II, people like us, good Christians like us, in World War II, they thought that Hitler was the Antichrist, and it was all going to end. But can we all agree that didn't happen? So we know in part, and, but here's what I do know. Heaven reigns no matter who's holding the reins. And it's so comforting to me to know that God's in control. So I want to talk about some people today and show you some Bible examples. The first one is Cyrus the Great, and uh, some of you will remember him from history. About 550 BC, he's the, the, the emperor of the first Persian Empire, and um, his empire was really incredible. He controlled. of the world population. Can you imagine that? Just to give you uh, an understanding how vast that is, uh, the Roman Empire, at its height, only controlled 35% of the world population. The British Empire, which was an incredible empire, they only controlled 20% of the world uh, population. America, the greatest power that ever existed on planet Earth, uh, we only control less than 5%. Of, of the world population, as powerful as we are. So Cyrus the Great had this incredible in, uh, uh, empire. And, and here's what you want to understand about him. He was not a God follower. He worshiped idols. He did not believe in the God you and I believe in. He was ruthless. He wa- he was He was a terrible, terrible person. And he conquered one nation after another nation. And it's amazing when I read what I'm about to read, and and again, we're human. We see in part, we understand in part. But listen, to Isaiah 41:2, who has stirred up this one, Cyrus? And I I place Cyrus in there because all scholars say this is about Cyrus the Great. So I thought I'd make it easy for us. Uh, from the east, uh, whom victory meets at every step, who indeed but the Lord, God has given him victory over many nations and permitted him to trample kings underfoot and to put entire armies to the sword. Now, now, I think today I'm probably going to rock some of your theology. Just not all of you, some of you understand these things, but for some I'm going to rock your theology. And can I tell you what to do when a pastor rocks your theology? Uh, here, here's what you do, all right? And, and, and so if I rock your theology today, when you walk out, when you get home, say this. Say, Father, thank you for Pastor Joe, he's an awesome pastor. <laughs> I don't agree with him today. So Lord, if I'm wrong, open up my eyes and if he's wrong, open up his eyes. And then you take it and you set it on a shelf and you go on with your life. Can can you promise me if I rock your theology you'll do that today? That's what I do when someone rocks my theology. First I'm mad at him, but I'm asking you not be mad don't be mad at me. And and then, and then we go on. But this is letting us know God permitted it. God permitted it and God gave him victory cuz God's looking at Beginning to end. God has a plan. God oftentimes would use a king in the Old Testament to to literally punish nations that did things that he asked them not to do. And he would literally use kings in that way. Listen to Isaiah 41, 3 and 4. He chases them away and goes on safely through the paths he treads, though the paths he treads are new. Who has done such mighty deeds, directing the affairs of generations of mankind? As they march by, it is I, the Lord, the first and the last. I alone am he. When I study this, and I have some more I want to read, this next one I love, uh, I come to this conclusion. Heaven reigns no matter who's holding the reins. So I'm going to pray my heart out. I'm going to pray God's will. I'm going to vote for who I want. But at the same time, I know my God has this plan. He's setting things up. And sometimes I just settle back and I say, God, I remember um, years ago, um, I don't want you to know who this person is, but years ago someone won the presidency, so not, not our current president, and I was like, my world was shattered because I, I just did not agree with them, and I was like shocked, and, and we had prayed our hearts out for that election, and uh, I thought this country would just be destroyed. And, and so I prayed a lot during that presidency, and I murmured a lot and said things I shouldn't about that president. Uh, so I had to repent a lot uh, during that presidency. But, but, you know, the eight years passed, and, and it ended up actually being a decent, it was a pretty good presidency, uh, not perfect, but God raised up Congress to do some things. The president yielded to Congress, and I was like, wow. Wow this turned out better than I thought. It showed me the power of prayer, it showed me uh, that God is in control, and it now brings me to a place to where I'm at peace, because this election cycle's been insane. It's been crazy, very entertaining, but crazy, and I think, you know what, Lord? I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna vote, and whoever you want in, I know that's who's gonna get in, but I know you want me involved, and I'm gonna be involved, and I'm looking forward to going to vote, but at the same time, I'm not losing any sleep over this because heaven reigns, and God's going to protect his people, and his people can pray. And when that person gets in there, we can pray and even have them do some things that they never thought they would do that God begins to release into their hearts because the Bible says God holds the heart of the king in his hand. And so we can pray our hearts out. But let's talk about Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, and his rule was about 580 B.C., and he was ruthless, ungodly, uh, no, you know He worshipped idols, and he had all kind of idols that he worshipped. He did do th- one thing that was genius. Nebuchadnezzar was a genius in one way. When he went into a nation and destroyed and conquered it, he would take their brightest people, the, the smartest people in the nation, and he always looked for the younger people, and he would make them part of his cabinet. I'm using today's language. They would become part of his cabinet. They, w- they would be top leaders in his in his administration. And, and, uh, and, and that made his kingdom really, really powerful because he used the brightest and the best in his kingdom. Well, he went and he destroyed Israel because Israel backslid. Israel walked away from God. And what did God tell Israel? If you backslide, if you begin to worship idols, if you stop serving me, I will have nations come and destroy you and they will take you and your families captive. And that's why God said this in Second Chronicles, he said this to Israel, he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will save their land. And God was telling them, come back to me, and I'll come back to you, and I'll help you, and I'll bring you right back where you need to be. So he conquered Israel because of their disobedience, God used him to do what God said would be done. So then... He takes Daniel, we're all familiar with Daniel, Meshach, Ratshach, and Abednego. Those were three Hebrew guys. That's their Babylonian names. And he put them in high positions because they were super bright. And so then he has a dream. He was a narcissist at the highest level. He has a dream, and he can't figure out his dream. So he's asking some of his Babylonian guys, and they're saying, I don't know know what it means. And then one of the Babylonian guys said, you know that Daniel from Israel? You know you have him running the treasury department? That's where I would have put Daniel, running the treasury department. He says, yeah, that guy interprets dreams. So he calls Daniel in. Daniel hears the dream, and here's his interpretation. It's an amazing interpretation. Listen to Daniel 4.24. Your majesty, the most high God, so he's letting him know this isn't an idol, this is the God, has decreed, and it will surely happen that your people will chase you from your palace, and you will live in the fields like an animal, eating grass like a cow, your back wet with dew from heaven. Now, there's a rare disease that they've diagnosed. So we have some psychologists to come to church here. Let me know in the lobby how bad I messed this name up, but it's called uh, clinical lycanthropy. And when someone has this, they actually think they're an animal. They'll get down on all fours. They'll, They'll try to eat grass or whatever animal they think they are. Listen to this. For seven years... This will be your life until you learn, and this, this, this is so important, listen, until you learn that the Most High God dominates the kingdoms of men and gives power to anyone he chooses. What's he saying to Nebuchadnezzar? You think you did this? You're where you're at because I allowed you to be there. That humbles me when I read something like this because, you know, I realize I pastor believers because God decided I can. He said, Joe, you've got so many flaws, but I want to show people I can use flawed people. So I'm going to use you to do this. And God wants us to stay humble and understand we are where we're at because God permitted us to do what we do and to lead where we lead. And I want to read that one more time. That, this, this is an incredible section of Scripture. Until you learn that the Most High God dominates the kingdoms of men and gives power to anyone he chooses. Heaven reigns no matter who's holding the reins. So he says this to this crazy narcissistic king. And he doesn't listen. So listen to what happens in verse 29. Twelve months after this dream, he was strolling on the roof of the royal palace in Babylon and saying, I, by my own mighty power, have built this beautiful city as my royal residence and as the capital of my empire. Verse 31. While he was still speaking these words, a voice called down from heaven. Wouldn't it be cool today if God did this once in a while? Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be forced out of the palace to live with the animals in the fields, to eat grass like the cows for seven years, until you finally realize that God parcels out the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he chooses. Wouldn't that be cool if our next president understood heaven reigns, no matter who's holding the reins? That's why I told you there's all kinds of things I think Jesus would say But if our next president could realize God is is the boss of everything and submit their heart to him, wouldn't that be the most cool thing ever? It would be so cool. But whether they believe it or not, heaven still reigns, and that's what God's saying to, to, to him. So listen to what happens, verse 34. At the end of seven years, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven and my sanity returned. He has this incredible conversion and uh, he's not perfect after this but listen to what happens. And I praised and worshiped the Most High God and honored him who lives forever, whose rule is everlasting, his kingdom evermore. All the people of the earth are nothing when compared to him. This is a heathen king having a conversion And and I think after seven years of eating grass, all of us might be converted at that point, right? Verse 35, all the people of the earth are nothing when compared to him. He does whatever he thinks best among the angels of heaven and as well as here on the earth. No one can stop him or challenge him saying, what do you mean by doing this? When my mind returned to me, so did my honor and glory and kingdom. My counselors and officers came back to me and I was reestablished as head of my kingdom with even greater honor than before. Some powerful statements in there. This is a heathen king being converted. And I got to thinking about this, and can I tell you a thought that crossed my mind? I know God's not going to cause us to think we're an animal for seven years, and, but, but I, I often wonder, Lord, have I had seven-year periods in my life where I've wasted my time because my heart was not submitted to you? And, and I think, Lord... May I understand from this point on that heaven reigns no matter who's holding the reins. And, and I think, Lord, may there not be anyone in this room today listening to my voice. May there not be anyone who doesn't understand heaven reigns in their life and, and make sure our hearts are submitted to the Lord. Here's a really encouraging scripture. I want to end with two scriptures. Here's the first one. Uh, it's Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, and it reads like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And, and I love this this last part. It's so cool. And he will show you which path to take. Isn't, isn't it incredible that God wants to direct our lives and get us to go in the right direction? And it's not weird. And I, I did a lesson not too long ago, uh, me, myself, and I am, lesson 3 on the holy spirit and i talked about how god directs us it's pretty simple stuff pretty easy he's doing it in your life right now but what he's trying to say is this if you're totally submitted to me in every area i have a path i want you to walk and i'll make sure you get on the right path and that's encouraging to me but let's talk about it concerning our nation we live in this incredible democracy and democracies are different, you know, than dictatorships. And that's why I encourage some of you, if you're called to be involved in politics, please. We need to have salt, the salt of the earth involved in politics. So please, become involved if you feel that's a call. Um, all of us should be praying, right? Because we can pray the, the, the heart of God and the will of God into things. But here's one way I pray all the time, Matthew 6, 9 and 10, the Lord's Prayer. Pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. I like this part of the prayer. It's kind of like, Lord, this earth stinks. Jesus, come back quick. And then then it goes on and says, May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a powerful phrase. This goes back to the uh, the scripture we read in Acts 17. Uh, God determined beforehand. I mean, he's above time. He knows beginning all the way to the end. Boy, that brings me great peace. And when I say your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, here's what I'm doing. I'm acknowledging God, heaven reigns, you're in control. And here I am a Christian, and here's my heart's prayer, Lord God. Your will be done down here like it is in heaven. I pray that way for our current president. I'm going to pray that way for our next president. I'm going to do what First Timothy 2 says. I'm going to pray my heart out. And I'm praying for this election, and I'm saying, God, I know you may have a different opinion in me, but listen, listen, listen. I think so-and-so would be our best bet. Could you kill everyone else or do something? Uh, let them be in, Lord. Aren't you glad I don't have that kind of power, right? Would I mess this country up bad, right? And the world. But, but here's what I do know. I can cry out and say, God, your, your will be done. And know that God's will will be done. Guys, you are powerful. You are powerful through prayer. And no matter what's going on in our nation, pray about it but then rest in peace because heaven reigns no matter who's holding the reins and no matter who gets in we can pray that they make right decisions and they make right choices and then when I see things falling apart from my when I look and I say this is falling apart and, and I remember with that one president I talked about I think oh I can't believe this happened or that happened but then you live through it and you realize you know what God's in control Some things, whatever they are, God's in control and I can live in peace and I want you to live in peace. So let's pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, I did my best teaching this part of the Bible. If I rock someone's theology, Lord, may, may they do exactly what I say and Lord, I thank you that you're educating and opening all of our eyes up and I just say, Lord, open my eyes up further. Help me communicate more clearly in the days to come and Lord, first we pray as Christians, all of us in here that are Christians. Lord, we want to do what Proverbs taught us to do. We want to trust you and not lean just on our own understanding. This is for our personal life, Lord. And many of us hold reins. We're in control of things. And Lord, we submit our hearts to you. And Lord, we ask you direct our paths. Help us make right decisions in every area, Lord raising our kids, Father, for all the parents in here, man, I remember Gina and I raising our kids and Lord, there are some tough decisions to make and, and, and I just pray, Lord, as we submit our hearts to you, direct our, direct our paths in raising our kids, Lord God. Father, for some that are dealing with parents and having to make decisions for their parents, Lord, direct their paths that they would make the right decision. Father, for those of us that are in management, We own a business. We manage for someone else. Lord, direct our paths. Let us make right decisions, Lord God. And we thank you for doing that in every one of our lives, Father God. And Lord, as a church, we we, we take a moment. And I know if I had people stand up, we, we we would have people on both sides here when it comes to who they feel would be best. But Lord, one thing all of us can do, no matter who we're pushing for, who we're going to vote for, we can all rest at peace knowing heaven reigns no matter who's holding the reins. And Lord, we just pray for your perfect will to be done in this election. And Lord, we would love, we would love a godly president. We would love a God-fearing president. We would love a president that understands heaven reigns no matter who's holding the reins. And we thank you, Lord, as we just pray for those things together as a church. Let your will be done, Father God. And Father, bring all of us to a greater understanding that you're God and we're not. I thank you for doing that, myself included there, Lord. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Before I close, I want to give one more opportunity for prayer. If you're here today and you're not sure of your eternity, I want to give you an opportunity to be sure, to know that if you were to die, you'd go to heaven. and You might have came in here not even believing there's a God or there is a heaven. Or maybe you came in here and you're very religious. Here's the question I'm asking. Listen very closely. I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church, if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are all great things. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal and you said from your heart, Jesus, I believe you're the savior. And I make a decision today to follow you. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I I just never remember that moment. But I believe that and I'm ready to pray today. Would you pray with me right now? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe. You died you were buried. God raised you from the grave. And you are the Savior. I give you my heart and make a decision to follow you today. Amen. Now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, you may not have felt any goosebumps or anything, but miracles happen. Do you know God washed all your sins away? Do you know what else? God gave you the gift of eternal life. And that's why when you leave your body, you'll go up. That's an amazing thing. You get to go to heaven. Not because of your works, but because of Jesus' death and burial, his sacrifice for you. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.